I was like, oh, we're, we're going to play three at the back. This is definitely going to happen. You're like, oh, this is not going to happen. You would have said, said, you said, you would have said, you oh, would, would three at the back suit yeah. us? In fairness, I would have said, well, Kenny never played three at the back. It's it will never, happen. never, never happen. OTB AM live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Mark Lawrence and good morning. Thanks, Millie, for taking the call. Um, a couple of right. pla- I'm in Mallorca. You're in Mallorca, good man. Yeah. Sonny? Hello? So, is it Sonny? Oh, sorry. Um, it's, it looks like it might be sunny today. Otherwise, I've been building an arc for two days. It's been that wet. <laughs> well, good luck with that. We'll, we'll keep you around 15 minutes and we'll let you back to the, your construction there. Can't wait. Uh, post-international window, Salah and Mane are back. It's uh, Egypt, Senegal again, part two, and a patch-up job maybe to be done for Jurgen Klopp. Is there any any hangover, do you think, from a Salah point of view at this point, given, given events again against his old mate? No, I, I don't think so. I think it's um, just one of those things, and it's it's a bit like sort of when you know we're all playing for Ireland, but we're playing against Man United, and you know they had loads of players who were Irish, they had loads of players who were Irish, etc. Now it's but listen, you just you get on with it, and it, it, it is it is what it is. I don't uh, if you think about Salah, I, I don't see him signing a contract at uh, Liverpool, which I think is probably far more important because um, I just. I just don't see it. Basically, I, I think he'll he'll walk away. Do you? Wow. Mm, I do. Yeah. I, I just I, well, you know, they're, they're, obviously they've been talking and they've been talking for ages, both parties. But you know, there's, there's obviously not been an agreement so far. Mind you, you they'll probably announce something at ten o'clock this morning and I'll have some more egg on my face. But I just I just get this feeling with Salah that um, he will he will go somewhere else. One last payday, etc. And he thinks he thinks he's probably done enough at Liverpool to to justify that. Where would he go? Good question. Um, who, who, who would be able to take him? Probably is is, is mm-hmm. more of an important issue. I was just going to go to the very very top, isn't he? So, um, and would depend. I mean, because he's got what's he got about fifteen months left on his contract, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. So. Um, and Liverpool would fight tooth and nail in terms of uh, the incoming transfer fee. Who can afford him? Um, would you go to Paris Saint-Germain? I don't know. Um, you'd go there for the money, that's for, sure, for certain. Would you go there for you know peace of mind, um, contentment with your football, chance of winning Champions League? And They don't look any near winning the Champions League than, than they have done for a long time. So I, I don't really know. I just, I just, it's just... I think it would be sorted otherwise. That's the great issue. Um, you know, Liverpool don't want it hanging over them. It's like every time, is Salah going? Is What's he doing? Is he staying? All that kind of stuff. And and if they really wanted to, to do the deal, I think they would have done it. Other than the passage of time, as you've mentioned, is there something else that you've seen or anything that you've heard that would suggest that this is now more likely than ever that he won't sign that deal? Mm, no, not really. Well, just one or two rumours. And I mean, everybody hears rumours, but... Um, I just feel that if, if you look at the way Liverpool have been under Klopp in terms of transfers in, uh, new contracts, that are announced. You know, they're just like, oh, John Henderson signed a new contract. Well, nobody knew he was negotiating one, you know, and they've been very, very good um, at, 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 uh, at doing that and sorting out players. Van Dijk was just, oh, he signed a new contract that, that nobody knew he was even, again, negotiating one. So I don't... I just feel 
that maybe Liverpool think that the money they were going to have to pay him is is, is far too much. But then, of course, um, who do you get as replacement? Or or do they think because of Diaz coming in, etc., that they've got enough up there up front? So yeah, it's more of, more of a feeling. I just I don't I don't know. I just I, there's something I'd something not quite right about it. I feel anyway. And like the, I, to be honest, I'm surprised to have heard you say that, Mark. Is is there? If you're if you're driving the decision on the Liverpool side, like short of signing him up and they're accepting, let's say that that's not going to happen. Do you try and get rid of him at the end of the season, obviously, and cash in, or do you keep him? Do you think there's a value in almost keeping him and forgoing that transfer fee because, he, like you say, 15 months, he's 31 years old at that time. Maybe it's a law of diminishing returns. Um, mm. So, so yeah, which which play do you go for? Well, yeah, exactly. I'll let the manager sort that out. But well, I think, I think if if you if you know that the player is going to walk away, that he's got fifteen months, you'd want to get some money in for him, surely. Um, and I know you say, well, you know, he's, he'll score goals, which he which he will. But it, it's not it's not quite the same when when a player knows that he's going. It's maybe it's only five percent less, but that five percent, somebody likes Salah in terms of attitude and. The way he's playing is a massive, massive thing, and um, I'd be, I'd be in the camp of okay, so you're going to go fine, thanks very much, but um, we'll do a deal with somebody in uh, well from probably July the first, isn't it? Contracts, yeah, so that'd be the start of his last year, basically mm. from July the first. Is that on the basis of like we cope past Torres, we cope post uh, Suarez? That you know, Coutinho, we can, Coutinho, yeah, we can, we can cope with this. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it is. I, th- I just think, I just get the feeling that, you know, it'll be like a, a line in the sand with, with Liverpool and say, OK, um, you know, we, we, we're not going to accede to your demands and thanks, but no thanks. And off you go and we'll get some money and, and look elsewhere. I mean, they've been really, really good. as we, You know, you know, I, every time I come on here, I bang on about re- this recruitment thing, but their recruitment's been outstanding, Liverpool, if you really look at it. And... Um, Sorry, no, I ju- it just struck me. I wondered, just on the basis of bringing somebody in, and obviously the obvious point is that actually maybe they're very well catered for with the players that they already have there. If you remove Salah from, and obviously there's the goals, right? But if you remove yeah, Salah yeah, yeah. from that current Liverpool team this season, obviously somebody else starts, obviously they score goals as well. If you mm. remove them from that team, are they still competing for the league? No. No, they aren't. No, they aren't. So, but I mean, they've got, their view will be if 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 he is deciding to, their view will be that you know he'll, he'll finish the feet at the season really really strongly. But as opposed to said to you before about the start of the new season, then it then it's different. It's completely different when you know that you're going. I mean Chelsea, in fairness, of, of one or two are obviously going to go. Christensen and um, one or two others whose, whose contracts are up, and, and they've actually been playing and playing really really well. But um, just. I just it's just a feeling that they have I'm not nobody said hey, hey by the way have you heard I don't think he's going to sign a contract or whatever I just have this feeling that um he might just say you know thanks but no thanks because I I, I don't I'd be very 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 surprised if Liverpool are paying him 450 grand a week I really would because mm. that sets a, that sets a precedent as well I mean you know maybe Man City could afford that but Liverpool then and looking at the team and thinking Cracky, all the, all the big stars are going to be knocking on the door and say, "Well, hold on a minute, he's on four hundred and fifty, and I'm only on two seven five, whatever." Um, and it, I think it causes a lot of problems internally. 
is that not just like a man management situation where you sit down and go, listen, this guy, he's about to become the, he's behind um, um, Owen and um, a Fowler, isn't he? Just behind them in terms of uh, goals, whatever. Do you not just sit down and go, listen, I'm sorry, look at this guy's, look at his numbers. Like that's the, is that not at that level? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. No, he's been, he's been brilliant. You know, from the first day he walked into the football club and I remember seeing him playing in a, in Switzerland many years ago and he was it was lightning quick but he didn't look you know he didn't really know what he was doing in many many ways and he's grown up so quickly with the moves that he's had he's been brilliant for Liverpool yeah. absolutely totally brilliant I don't I don't think um I would say I've never met him but I'm I'm not quite sure at the agent because every time there seems to be a meeting he he, he tweets about something or uh, you know and I don't get it I mean that worries me something like that as well is if you were the agent you just keep your mouth shut and not tell not say anything to anybody so i i just it's just a gut feeling that i've got that i I don't think he'll sign a new contract you don't want to end up in a harry Maguire situation either where he's kind of hanging around and sort of half-heartedly i mean half-heartedly scoring about 30 goals a season yeah yeah only only 39 yeah well yeah that's it yeah so Look, you know, he's he's very he's very much in control of the situation, is he? Basically, um, this is the weekend that Liverpool finally get their noses in front, Mark. At least for a little while. Yeah, hopefully. Obviously, Watford tomorrow, isn't it? So um, that would be good. And we're we're sitting here at Burnley, aren't they? Which we we know is difficult, but um, it's not as difficult as it used to be, as we've seen this year. They lost quite a few games at home as well, Burnley. But yeah, so it will be interesting if 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 and when Liverpool turn Watford over just to see not City's result but the way the way that they play you know because as, as I've been banging on regular on the tier about this it's 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 much easier chasing than being chased and um, Liverpool are uh, Liverpool are still chasing at the moment but as I say you know come tomorrow afternoon they could, they could be up there so we'll wait and see what City react and how they react to it Obviously, then there's uh, midweek football for the following couple of weeks. I guess the, the the market would tell us that that Manchester City and Liverpool will be progressing from this round as well. So they'll probably have another couple of fixtures after that. Uh, mm-hmm. Which squad do you think is is better placed to actually sustain what's going to happen over the next month? Oh, I think you know what, and I'm not dick, dipping out of this. It's it's neck and neck between the two. Re- really, seriously, is I mean they've both got outstanding squads. Maybe. Maybe Liverpool are a little bit, little bit better defensively, I would argue at the moment. Um, then, but you know, it's 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 like a it's a hair's breadth away, isn't it? Basically, between between the two of them. I mean, who, who would you take? You'd be up all night thinking about if you know. Even the thing like you know, make make a team out of make a team out of two teams. I mean, crikey, you'd be scratching your head. Yeah, does it like a Manchester City and uh, and the kind of I guess they're relying on a, a tighter knit group of players. Granted, they still have plenty of depth, and it's you know we're, we haven't gone to five yeah. subs a game just yet. <laughs> like it's it's definitely a tighter bunch of players that they rely on that than Liverpool. They've got a, a much more secure core, I guess. Whereas Liverpool, when they're flipping between competitions, it seems that no matter what sort of lineup they they go with, they, they can make four or it's five strong. changes, and it's so yeah. strong. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you could argue that absolutely, and but you know. So I'm looking at I'm looking at City at the moment, and the, the game at Crystal Palace, where <clears throat> obviously they, they wanted to win, ended up with a draw. Didn't make a substitution. Was I think that was just a strange one? 
you know, and you're kind of thinking, what, what's all that about? And I'm looking at Sterling, and he's generally not started many games lately, I think. And then I'm just wondering whether whether Pep's had a master stroke, which is keep it, keep him out a little bit, keep him out, get him hungry, and then you know the last quarter of the season, whatever bang, he's going to start going on the rampage, which which he can do. So look, we'll, we'll we'll just just wait and see. But I would rather be in City's position than Liverpool, even if it's only a point in front or whatever it is. Well, if you listen to Gary Neville, he's talking about Liverpool being dangerous, isn't he? He's saying that they could do something special here. He's talking about multi-trophy winning season. You're not going to argue oh, with think, that, Mark. I, I think he was ill. <laughs> I, th- I think he was ill. Gary Neville praising Liverpool. You're joking, <laughs> aren't you? Um, we've, we've the odd situation of Gary Neville saying that uh, Liverpool are going to do something special and you're like, oh, I'm not so sure. Yeah. Uh, well, no, listen, I'm not so sure because uh, I've been in that position before and you just need a bad day. You know, you just you just need one bad day, but in the cups especially, and, and you're out. So um, everybody seems to think that you know we turn up every year and like yeah, yeah we're going to win this and we're going to win that, and it's no no teams like that. No team just goes well. You know, we're going to win the Champions League because we all know what football's like. We know what loss of forms like, injuries. You know, uh, beaten by a, a fluke goal, refereeing decision, for whatever. So um, yeah, I mean. I'd love, I'd love them to uh, Liverpool to win all four. I would think it'd be a fantastic. Well, it would be a fantastic achievement, and no one's ever done it before. Of course, it, the international break, of course, gave us uh, a bit of a break from the usual narrative. The, the constant slamming of Harry Maguire, we thought, was not going to become a fixture of uh, the international break whatsoever. But uh, the England fans outdid themselves on this occasion, booing Harry Maguire. Very strange situation. Have you ever seen that sort of? Club form no. carry into the relationship between a player and a fan on the international stage. No, no, no. I've never, I've never, you know. With, I mean, obviously, like anybody, you know, England have one or two dolts in terms of fans. You know, um, people who've obviously le- left the villages, the idiots. But um, I think it's probably just the way that, that people are nowadays, where they know that, that they can have a voice. Um, but look. Harry Maguire is a good player. He's not. He's not a top top player, but he's but he's a good player, um, you know. And if you said, "Oh, he's available on a, available on a free," a lot a lot of the top teams would still take Harry Maguire. So it's it's one of those, isn't it? And I mean, Gareth Southgate's still trying to defend him, but I think is the more you try and defend them, basically, the worse it becomes. I think just ignore them. Just ignore it's people who don't understand the game. To be quite honest with you, would, would a lot of the top teams take Harry Maguire? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think I honestly think that they would. Um, doesn't mean you have to pick him every week and play him, but yeah, but yeah, definitely. He's just he's, he's just not the quickest. So, but it's just the fact that you know if you've got someone alongside him who's quick, because I tell you what, he's he's big and he's strong and he heads it and he, and he can play. Um, and he's just he's not particularly had a good time. And every time, I mean, can you imagine that, that every time you play at home, even. And as soon as you get the ball or make the slightest mistake, that that murmur comes around like, "Ooh, here we go!" And it's honestly that's it's the worst possible thing for any player because everybody, everybody who plays at that level, you know, you, you have to have confidence both in yourself and obviously everyone else in, in the team around you. And it's um, it's it's a tough thing for him to be to 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 be brutally honest. And he must be for every game thinking, "What am I going to get today?" and while he might, you know, because you look at him, he's a, he's a big old piece of kit and you think, you know, he's obviously very, very strong, but you have no idea what's happening between the ears, do you? Yeah, it's true. And it, there's definitely been a, a loss of confidence. Like, it's just, 
I think there's also been kind of a, a stylistic element to this, the way football's gone. Like if, yeah. you, if you talk about the top teams, maybe the, the qualities are there, but that pace thing is just so important at the moment. Like, I mean, Liverpool have been relying on their pace to get themselves out of holes. It's, it's exactly how they've been able to get by playing the way they play. Manchester City are the same. I think even if you look at some of the other teams in and around there, I mean, Chelsea, I guess, you could you could point to Thiago Silva as somebody who they've utilised, who they've managed to make up for a lack of pace at times. But even Arsenal Brains. have moved towards, yeah. uh, towards a, a situation where it's younger, quicker, centre-backs. It feels that not only is he having a bad time, he's also existing in a, in a time in football which just isn't great for him. No, absolutely, uh, most definitely, and and you know the thing the thing about having pace in in that position is you can you can recover your mistakes. I mean, mm-hmm. the problem with Harry Maguire is if if you know somebody squares you up and they'll they'll, go, they'll run away from him because um, he's big and he's a little bit slow to turn. But yeah, um, that's why at, at, at this level, you know, your, your centre backs have to just just have to have real pace, and then you look at. You look at Liverpool, and I mean, even you know, they don't chase many games anymore because they're generally in control. But I've seen them in games where they just go, you know, when they're going forward, they go, "Oh, just we have two against two at the back." That whole thing of like having another person in front of them, they just go, "Now forget about that. We'll we'll, we'll back like Van Dijk and Matic because they've, they've got pace to burn." And all right, if they make a mistake, they make a mistake. But um, yeah, you can't re- you can't really do that with Manchester United. And by the way. By the way, all his, all his mates who played alongside him haven't exactly been sparkling, have they? Mm. Plenty of them. Uh, yeah, Mark, plenty, exactly. Yeah, pleasure as always. Enjoy the sun. And me. We'll try. Good man. Mark Lawrence on the line there uh, from Mallorca and lots of interesting stuff there. I think it's Liverpool's year, at least three trophies. You'll never walk alone, says Mark Johnson. Um, other comments coming in. Arsenal fan uh, Tender Chicken says, please stay, Salah. It means Saka will stay with us. That's my burner. Tender chicken has the same sense of paranoia that I do. That sense that every everything that occurs in the footballing world will have a ripple effect, and that ripple effect will result in players getting stolen from the Emirates Stadium. Um, I did enjoy Roy Hutchinson. It's not a huge amount of point in previewing Liverpool's game this weekend. I think everybody accepts the way it's going to go, including, it turns out, the Watford manager. I did really enjoyed his fatalistic approach to the press conference this week where he said, you need to be realistic about it. We've got to understand that there are certain games where the teams that we are going to be playing are not in our region because they're not in the bottom three. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. If we're playing against the bottom three, we have a chance. And beyond that, nah, listen, lads, not even worth trying to leg. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he intended it that way, but there were his words. I don't think uh, his Liverpool team was in the same region as this Liverpool team, to be quite honest with you. I think um, that's that, that's probably the gulf that we can talk about between Watford and, and Liverpool at the moment, but, but you never know. He's a shrewd man. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.